Storm Chasers, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. They come from all corners of the world, and they descend on towns everywhere. Burlington, North Carolina, Idaho Falls, Idaho, Lexington, Kentucky, Wilmington, Delaware, Springdale, Arkansas, Papillion, Nebraska, and Kansas City, Missouri. What do all these men have in common? They work together to win. It's time to talk to another Royal on Clubhouse Conversation. What's up, Royals fans? Welcome to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo, thrilled to be joined by yet another high-end Royals pitching prospect today in the form of Sam Selman, who was recently named as one of three different Royals pitchers at the moment who will be playing in the 2014 Arizona Fall League, along with Ollie Williams, who we had on the show the other day, and Miguel Almonte, Sam Selman, currently pitching for the Omaha Storm Chasers with a couple of days left in the 2014 minor league season, hoping that they can make it to the playoffs. Selman was drafted out of Vanderbilt University back in 2012, a second-round selection, went right away to Idaho Falls and won Pioneer League Pitcher of the Year was a starting pitcher back then, currently in the bullpen. We'll see what happens going into the future, but either way, you cannot deny Selman's upside as a major prospect in the Royal system, especially with those strikeout numbers, the deception, the four-plus pitches, the left-handed. Sam Selman, who joins us right now on Clubhouse Conversation. First of all, Sam, welcome on. Uh, thanks for joining us, and how's everything going? It's going well. We're, uh, we're actually a half a game ahead of uh, the, uh, I think we're Oklahoma City Red Hawks right now, the Houston Astros affiliate. And uh, we got two games left, just trying to make a push for the playoffs and uh, hopefully uh, sneak in there by Monday afternoon. Well, Omaha's been good to you this year, man. Your, your Vandy team there, and now you guys doing well there with the Storm Chasers. And I know it's been a couple of months now, but I'm sure you're still pretty excited about uh, Vandy winning their first ever College World Series title also. So you were down in Arkansas at that time. Were you able to drive up and see any of those games in person or no? I wasn't, actually. I, uh, I, I actually should have driven up for game one. We had a morning game. It was five. It was five hours to make the drive. But I didn't actually make it, but I watched on TV every pitch, and uh, it was very exciting to watch them win. I mean, that's a long time coming for for Coach Corbin of that program that had so many good players coming through there, and uh, it was good to see that group of guys win it because it was kind of an unorthodox group. I mean, nothing to take away from them, but when you've had teams in 2007 that had the likes of David Price and Pedro Alvarez and Mike Miner, and then. We asked, even our team that came along in 2011, we had Kirk Casale, who's now uh, catching for the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, Sonny Gray, pitcher for Oakland. I mean, he had some solid teams, but this team was probably the uh, the youngest team that's ever made it. And so, uh, but they won it, and so we're proud of them, and uh, it's really great for the Vanderbilt baseball family. Yeah, and hopefully some uh, some even better days ahead. Maybe they can repeat. So on the topic of Vandy, you mentioned a couple names I wanted to ask you about. So David Price, I know from following him on Twitter, he's very active with Vanderbilt baseball still, and you know with the program. Have you gotten to know him very well? You know what? He comes back in the off season a couple times. When I was back there, uh, my first year uh, out of pro ball, uh, I came back there and uh, was working out and taking classes. And uh, he was back there. I met him a couple times, and then when I was on the team uh, from 2010 to 2012 met him a couple times but uh but yeah he's an extremely nice guy very involved in the program and uh does what he can to help out with anything that we need and all that i know he played a big part in uh with tyler Beatty this season because he's been in the same kind of path with first round draft pick and all that and so kind of just gave him words of advice so he's been a great mentor to all the venerable baseball pitchers that have come through Another guy you mentioned was uh sonny gray what was he like pitching with obviously he's having an amazing major league career already 
No, absolutely. Very fun guy, great teammate. Uh, enjoyed playing with him for two years. That was a lot of fun. He, uh, I mean, he just had a great bulldog mentality. I mean, he went out there every Friday night and literally just, uh, just fired up the team's ass every single time uh, when we played him on Friday night. And, uh, I mean, he was just a winner. I mean, he knew how to, uh, how to put balls in play and get out. And you can see he's doing that with Oakland right now. Now, you didn't end up winning it, but you also got to appear in the 2011 College World Series at the brand-new TD Ameritrade Park. It was shiny and new that year. So was the Omaha experience all that you could imagine and then some, like everybody else seems to say that plays there in the, in the CWS? It was. It was. It was a, it was a brand-new field, so it was a new experience for me. Obviously, you see growing up uh, watching Rosenblatt and all that, seeing the, uh, the zoo in the background and the, the red bleachers and everything about it. And, uh but coming to TG Ameritrade, we didn't know what to expect. So uh, we showed up, and George W. Bush is throwing out the first pitch of our first game against <laughs> North Carolina. They got fireworks shooting off after the game. I think Martina McBride sang the uh, the national anthem. I mean, it was a it was a big deal. So it was a lot of fun. There were twenty seven thousand people in the stadium. So it was a it was a great baseball atmosphere to have the uh, the first College World Series there at TD Ameritrade. Well, switching gears for a second before we head back in time, I wanted to also congratulate you on uh, on being named to the 2014 Arizona Fall League. How exciting is that for you? Oh, it's very exciting. I'm uh, I'm really excited to uh, to get there and go in and pitch as a reliever because I I've actually just started being a reliever for halfway through the season. So there's a lot of things I need to work on as far as pitching goes, and also just like the mentality of figuring out how to make the transition from starter to reliever. So it'll be great to get some work down in the Arizona Fall League and competing in some of the best players in minor league baseball. I spoke with Ollie Williams the other day, and, uh, and he plus Miguel Almonte are joining you, obviously, as pitchers from KC on that AFL team. Talk about those two guys and what kind of pitchers they are, Almonte and Williams. No, absolutely. Ollie and I have been, I guess, 30 years together because we played in Idaho and Wilmington, and then the past year uh, when we were together in, uh, in AA in Northwest Arkansas. Great pitcher. Uh, it'll be fun being in the bullpen with him because he and I were catch play partners for a little bit, and uh, in Idaho and Wilmington, and uh, he's a great guy. So he's a good teammate, got a great fastball, a good curveball, and he's working on that split finger right now. So uh, so Arizona Folly will give him a great opportunity to do that. Haven't played a whole lot of time with uh, Miguel Almonte, but obviously a young guy who can throw some flames up there and, uh, and strike a lot of guys out. I think the main thing about all of us going to the Fall League is just we need to get some more innings and uh, some more experience to get some better competition. So uh, I think the Arizona Folly will do that for us. Now, Royals fans have read lots about you since coming out of the draft, obviously, but a whole bunch of them haven't seen you pitch yet. So describe what pitches you throw, where you sit and top out at, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, so fastball, curveball, slider changeup. Uh, I'll throw fastball probably low 90s is where I'll try to uh, I'll sit around for most of the time. Uh, my out pitch is my slider I'll throw, try to get there. Uh, if I get ahead in the count, try to finish them off with a slider, something like that. I throw a curveball first pitch for uh, for strikes, and then as well as uh, something to show them later in the count if they're just sitting on a fastball slider combination. And then changeup is has uh, been a work in progress, but it's come a long way, and uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a good compliment to my fastball. Do you find yourself throwing since you've got four pitches? That's you know somewhat rare, at least at the big league level for a reliever. Do you find yourself throwing any of those a little bit less now that you're a reliever, or do you still try to work on all of them pretty much equally? Uh, no, absolutely. As in Double A, I was I was told where I pretty much came out of the out of the bullpen. Mitch Setter was our uh, our bullpen coach down there, and he'd been with the Brewers for three or four years in their uh, in their bullpen. And uh, he was telling me about how that 
primarily bullpen pitchers throw two pitches, maybe a third pitch if they need it. So my fastball slider on my one-two combination that I threw, and then I mix in a curveball if they'd seen too many fastball sliders because if I throw a fastball, it'd be in the around about the 90 mile an hour range, and if I throw a slider, it'd be about 84. And so those pitches kind of get mixed together because they're both coming in pretty hard. So the idea of throwing a mixing a change up there when in a bullpen experience or a bullpen outing uh, kind of throws the hitter off the timing a little bit, and you go back to the hard stuff. So uh, yeah, I've kind of I've, I've been sitting more fastball slider out of the bullpen, but also throwing uh, the curveball and changeup when I feel like those guys are trying to time up my stuff. So the nickname Crazy Legs. What's the story behind that, and when did you get that? How old were you? I was uh, I was a sophomore year in college. I actually didn't have a Twitter at all for my freshman year. Anything before that, um, my teammate Drew Fan, he's now our baseball operations guy at uh, at Vanderbilt. He gave me the nickname. I was. I was 6'2", I think 160 pounds, something like that, my freshman and sophomore year. And they'd make fun of me because when I'd run out there, it looked like I was just all legs because I, I got long, skinny legs, and uh, it was the majority of my body growing up and, uh, and before I gained some weight. And so they just made fun of me for that. They just called me crazy legs because they thought I was just flying everywhere when I'd run around. And so uh, the nickname stuck, and so... Here I am now with Crazy Lake Selman. I guess will be my Twitter handle for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love it. It could be your pro wrestling name too, right? If you make it to the WWE someday. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> it'll be great. All right, so let's go back in time a little bit. So your childhood. So I know you went to high school in Austin. Were you? Did you grow up entirely in Austin, Texas, then too? Yeah, whole life I grew up in Austin, Texas. Uh, whole families from there, both sides, mom and dad. So uh, born and raised in Austin, and uh, lived there for all eighteen years. So I'm assuming baseball was always your number one sport. Was it an easy choice to leave UT and to go to Vandy? You know what? I actually didn't get offered from uh, University of Texas. It was kind of really? interesting. I, well, I was I was a young young guy going up through the system or going up through uh, high school baseball, and I was just really skinny. I was uh, I was kind of small off the radar. Went to a small private high school, and uh, I kind of had to go seek out go to college camps and stuff like that to get kind of get noticed from that and university of texas they when they recruited they usually go to look at like a perfect game top 100 or look at the top players in texas at the time and they just have their pick of the litter and they'll just go in there and pick whoever they want so at the time when i was a junior i really wasn't on anyone's radar i was throwing mid to high 80s something like that from the left side and then my senior year, going into my senior year, I had a huge growth spurt, gained a bunch of weight, uh, started throwing harder, went to a Vanderbilt camp uh, July, late July, probably third weekend of July uh, before my senior year. Went there and did a, had a great camp, pitched really well. Uh, got Derek Johnson, the pitching coach at the time, to see me. Tim Corbin saw me, and uh, they called me two weeks later and said they had an offer for me. So. I wanted to reply right away, but my dad told me to wait at least a day. So waited a day and then gave him a phone call back and said uh, I'd be more than happy to come uh, come to Vanderbilt. And it was a dream come true for me because my parents kind of wanted me to stay away from the large public universities, and uh, I wanted to have a good academic program as well as a good baseball program. So it ended up being the best of both worlds, and uh, I've never had any regrets from that at all. Now you mentioned education. What were you studying there, and what would you be if you weren't doing baseball? So I, I studied human organizational development. Uh, Vanderbilt doesn't have a business program there, so it's kind of the track that you take if you want to be like a, a business major is what it is. 
And so most people that do this uh, do this major go into kind of consulting or some kind of finance work, something like that. So uh, I actually I went there for three years, and I just had one semester left uh, after uh, I got drafted. Played in Idaho, went back in the fall of 2012, and the uh, the capper for uh, the human organizational development major because you have to do an internship for one semester. So I got, had the opportunity to work for the National Creditors for four months. Uh, that off season, when I went back, and I was working in the finance department, and uh, was able to get my degree in January 21st in time uh, to make it back to spring training two weeks later. Wow. So it worked out great. Uh, the people in the uh, it's actually called the Peabody School is where it is at Vanderbilt, but they were really great in working with me and were able to, to help out with my baseball schedule and uh, give me my degree in three and a half years. I remember that there was an article about that. Now that you mentioned that, so that's a, that's a cool story. So, how did you like living in Nashville? Then, are you kind of a country country fan or music wise or not? No, I, I really enjoyed uh, living in Nashville. I mean, it's a lot like Austin, actually. If you kind of into the kind of a small, big city, but has great country live music venues all around town. Uh, the great thing about Nashville is that it had the, the country aspect to it, but if you didn't want to be involved in the, the country music scene, there was plenty of other avenues for you to go do. So I put about living in Nashville was that we had the, the Vanderbilt campus right there. You had your school and the baseball program and all that, but if you wanted to get away from it or go do something else, like there were so many different ways you could you could get around and go uh, go explore the city or go do something else on a weekend if you wanted to get away. Yeah, I've never met somebody who didn't love Nashville who lived there. So you had a sure. tremendous success there at Vandy, like we talked about already. The Royals then took you in the second round of the 2012 draft. So were you expecting KC to be the team that selected you? And then what do you remember about draft day itself? Yeah, I had no clue who was going to take me. Um, we were actually we finished up the North Carolina State Regional when I was uh, my junior year. We were the second seed in there, and we made it to Monday. So it was a championship game, win or go home. Uh, for the Super Regional, and uh, we happened to lose that game on uh, on Monday night. So the first round of the draft had already gone through. And then uh, Asian called me that night. Uh, everyone talked to me. They're like, you see somewhere second or third round uh, coming up the next day. Uh, the thing is that our draft it starts at 11 o'clock. This is what's going to happen and all that. So I actually, we hopped on a plane at 9.30 leaving Raleigh to go back to Nashville. And uh, my dad called me, and uh, he was before I got on the plane. He said, "You're going to be in the air when when the draft starts. Like, is there anything you want me to do?" I told him just do the best thing you can possible. I mean, I've got no clue who's going to draft me or what's going to happen, and uh, just see where the dice land. And uh, I landed in there. My dad shot me a text. He said, "You were drafted," which is all he said. "You were drafted," <laughs> and he didn't say by who, what round, like what was going on, anything like that. So. I uh, got off the uh, got off the airplane, walked on the tarmac at the Nashville airport, and uh, got a call from Lonnie Goldberg, our scouting director, and uh, he said he drafted me and all that. And so it was a dream come true to be drafted by the Royals. Uh, they actually had interest in me out of high school, so I talked with the scouting director from Austin there. Um, but yeah, it was a great opportunity, and uh, very happy to be drafted with this organization. So were they one of the very first teams to ever show interest going back to high school then? Yeah, it was actually uh, when I was in I was in high school. I was a I was a string bean, but I threw hard, so I had kind of the projectability aspect of it. Um, but yeah, the Royals were there, and then the Angels actually ended up being the team that drafted me. But uh, the Royals called. Uh, they called my dad, and they said uh, we want to draft your son. My dad, my dad was real firm on education. 
he wanted me to get my uh, get my degree. Uh, and so it, it turned out that I really wasn't ready for professional baseball right away, which is a good thing sometimes. And uh, I was able to get three years of college and uh, get to work with some of the best pitching coaches in the, in the game, and uh, it worked out great for me. Well, you've had tremendous success, you know, starting in your first summer there in uh, Idaho Falls. You led the Pioneer League and you know, a ton of categories pitching-wise. You were named the Pioneer League Pitcher of the Year. So that first summer away from home in Idaho Falls, what do you remember about that most, and, and how did you like Idaho? Uh, it was uh, it was very interesting. I don't want to I don't want to say that we were pampered at Vanderbilt, but we were taken uh, very well care of. We uh, we hopped on Nashville uh, premier buses, if you would call them, the sleeper buses, and we'd go anywhere. So we had bunk beds, Wi-Fi, and all that. And we got on our first bus road trip to Grand Junction, twelve <laughs> hours from Idaho Falls. And I'm sitting there, and we got teammates from Latin America, my catchers from South Korea. Mondesi, Raul Mondesi, 17 years old, playing shortstop for me. It was a whole new experience. I'll tell you what, it was it was very interesting, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it up there. And uh, it was uh, it was a cool baseball atmosphere, and it was, a, it was a great rookie ball experience for me. Yeah, well, you completely skip low A then, and you spent last year in Wilmington. Your favorite memories of the Carolina League in Wilmington? I had a great time. Steve Luber, great pitching coach, helped me out a lot. I just had to refine some of my mechanics and stuff like that and work on uh, on pounding the zone more, controlling my pitches to strikes and balls. And Steve Luber helped me out with that a lot. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the Carolina League. Uh, Wilmington was a great place. I had a great host parents up there and uh, a wonderful experience in, in that league as well. Northwest Arkansas, how would you like pitching with uh, with Brower and Wilson there? <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was. Uh, I advanced the year before. He was in Wilmington with me, so I knew what to expect from uh, – from Vance, and uh, and that was great. And I never had Brower before, and uh, he he helped me out so much with uh, with everything that comes with Double A. Kind of the steps you take is, and at rookie ball, you kind of teach you to throw your pitches for strikes. And in high A, the thing I worked on most was controlling my pitches for strikes, but throwing the breaking pitches for strikes and balls, and just mixing in different pitches to throw at different times. And then Brower had to help me with all types of. Uh, of different like pitch selection, pitch calling, why you should throw it here, how to set guys up for different pitches. And that was the whole starter mentality. Of that. That's kind of the thing I needed help on the most was learning how to set guys up for different pitches, why you can't just throw outside fastballs all day long. And uh, he helped me with that a lot. And uh, I really enjoyed my time in Arkansas as well. I mean, it, it was being in the Texas League, so I was close to home. So that was, uh, that was really nice. And I got to see my family and friends in uh, San Antonio and Corpus. So uh, Texas League was uh, was a nice welcome home. Now, how are you liking the bullpen so far, and is that where you expect to stay for the intermediate future for a while at least, or is, do we, have you talked about that much with the Royals? No, absolutely. Uh, I love the bullpen. It's uh, It's been great so far. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a different mentality. Uh, you got to have more of a kind of a uh, – attack the guys, if you will, and go out there and throw all your pitches for strikes. You're coming in a situation where there's runners on base, uh, or you're trying to play in the ball game and trying to get a quick one, two, three to get the offense back out there. So, uh, so no, I enjoy it. I, it's been great so far. I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed pitching on the bullpen. Kind of a different dynamic uh, than, uh, than the starters, but it's been a lot of fun. For the foreseeable future, uh, I think I'm probably going to pitch out of the bullpen for at least at least the next, for the finish out this year, obviously, and then go to the fall league and pitch out of the bullpen. But beyond that, I'm not too sure what the, uh, what the situation is going to call for. 
Well, before we let you go, I have a couple last random questions for you. First of all, your Twitter profile says you are a future Champions Tour contender. So are you actually a really good golfer, or are you just trying to be funny with that? No, I, well, I dabble on the golf course. I play pretty well. I tell you, I have a great, I, I have a great spray chart. I hit the ball a long way, but it is in various directions. So i, I got to work on that a little bit. But I figure by the time I'm 50, I'm going to have honed in my golf team from all the times I was playing around the baseball uh, <laughs> baseball teammates and stuff like that. So I figure by 50 years old, I'll be good to go. Yeah, too bad you're not hitting at the plate, right? You're taking the ball the opposite way. You're pulling it you know, right up the middle when you're, when you're teeing off there, right? Exactly. I'm looking for – I love to play uh, – Arizona courses are uh, are actually pretty pretty helpful for me because – and my, my dad and brother absolutely hate that I play this way, but – they have the desert rule where if you hit it out of bounds, you just pull it out from where it went out and just drop it right there. So it will actually, it's actually uh, beneficial for me to play in Arizona because I'll just try to hit it 300 yards somewhere down the fairway, <laughs> and I'll take the penalty and put it back in the fairway than uh, just, uh, just try to hit a 7-iron out in the middle of the fairway. Two questions I asked Ollie that I'll ask you, too. What, what is the coolest or best hotel you've ever stayed in before in your entire minor leagues? Has there ever been a hotel where you're like, man, this is pretty nice? Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, the one we just stayed in in Tacoma actually was really pretty nice. It was very cool. Very modern. Hotel Murano is what it was called. And uh, it was actually right next to the, uh, the Glass Museum of Tacoma. And uh, Don Chalouli does all the glass artwork for the entire hotel. Oh. And uh, it was covered all throughout. Each floor had a different, like, different uh, glass artist that was blowing glass for uh, for all the rooms. Everything looked alike. So that was probably the coolest. Second coolest, I would have to say, Myrtle Beach when we were down there. Obviously, in the uh, in the Carolina League, we play uh, play at Myrtle Beach Pelicans, Texas Rangers affiliate, and uh, that was just cool because we were down there on the boardwalk and all the restaurants and different things you could go do at night. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Has there ever been a worst hotel that sticks out? Like we were like, what is going on? Is there cockroaches here? Is that, is that ever happened or is that just overblown? Well, my worst hotel, I'll tell you this side story, it's not of anything with the Kansas City Royals. I haven't had a bad hotel experience with the Royals. But when I was playing college baseball in the Northwoods League in Minnesota, uh, we went to Thunder Bay, Canada. It's like an eight-and-a-half-hour drive uh, across the border up there. And we stayed in this hotel. In summer baseball, you don't have the expenses or the budget that minor league baseball does. So we had four-door rooms. So we had two double beds, and we went four-door room. And so we're in Canada, and it's cinder block walls. And they told us that it was kind of like a – it was it was a home for people who had kind of just been on, like, a, the rough part of town. Needless to say, it was a halfway house is what it was. <laughs> and so we were staying in this halfway house up in Thunder Bay, Canada. I'm sharing a bed with a guy I barely know, and uh, we're playing baseball. And so that was probably the worst experience I've ever had. But uh, the Northwoods League was a great league, but that hotel I hope they never go back to. <laughs> and what's your favorite ballpark, uh, visiting ballpark to pitch in of all time? We'll take out the Royals parks you've played in. Do you have a favorite minor league park that you've pitched in? Uh, favorite minor league ballpark. Um, the the cool I, I remember I liked Frisco a lot. Frisco is a very nice ballpark. Uh, Arvis Ballpark obviously is ridiculously nice. Very very good looking ballpark, brand new right there. I like it because they have the uh, the cows and the pasture yeah. out in left field. Yeah. Kind of kind of a cool site. The one that sticks out in my mind the most is uh, is the Carolina Mudcats Ballpark, and uh, it it wasn't it wasn't anything that 
good or bad about it, but it was just a it was meant for it to be a double A ballpark, but it was in the Carolina League, I guess, because they couldn't dra- attract fans. And it was in between like these three or four towns, and they couldn't get anyone to come to the ball games. So it was just this huge twelve thousand seat stadium that would average three hundred to four hundred fans <laughs> a night, and it was just like you were playing for no one. And it was uh, it was a very interesting ballpark, and they had a the mascot was this mud cat that would come out on an RV and or a, or a sorry an ATV, and he would jump over the bullpen mound and slot like throw on the brakes and slide in and pump up the crowd and shoot T-shirts out and all that. It was a wild experience, but that was probably my uh, that that ballpark stands out the most in my mind. And you and you've probably experienced uh, midget wrestling, right? Have you had any other cool minor league uh, promotions that you've yeah. seen besides Mid- that? Midget. Midget wrestling was uh, this past year, yeah. This that was uh, three weeks ago before I got promoted, and uh, that was a cool sight to see. They pump up the crowd; they get into it, <laughs> and uh, they, I mean, there is there is no show in that. I mean, they're they are all into it. They were hopping out of the ring, going around. Someone got ran over with a shopping cart. I mean, they they take it to a whole new level. So that was uh, that was probably the best promotion. You gotta love minor league baseball. Well, in uh, in summary, what would you like to say uh, to Royals fans listening right now? Oh, just I've appreciated this organization for everything. It's been a it's been a great experience so far. We're making a push for the playoffs. Hang with us. We're gonna make it this year, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a great organization for years to come. Thanks for all the support. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you up here in Kansas City. Hopefully, at some point, maybe next year, and and for many years to come. Thanks so much for your time. Stay in touch, and we'll talk soon. I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for your help. Take care.